Dan, uh, you officially cannot drive stick, bro. It doesn't have any airbags, so nope. it hurt more. Nope. Uh, oh, but I gotta. Karan, are you okay? Don't ask him if he's okay. This is his fucking fault. My head's covered in soy sauce, dude. Yeah, I told you no eating in the back seat, you asshole. Well, is uh, I thought you were giving us wet willies. You were putting soy sauce in our ears? Yeah. He tried I, to I, give me a fucking wedgie. I had a bunch of soy sauce in my pockets. The little packets for lunch. Um, well, the seatbelt's held. Cron, uh, I know you've been carrying a knife since fucking Outsiders. Give me that thing. Let me. It's gone. How do you? How do you still have your cigarette? <laughs> you gotta smoke, dude. <laughs> what, the, what the fuck? I lit, it, I lit it when the car landed. <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> Since we didn't explode, I'm guessing that means that we're not leaking fuel, so that's that's all right. How am I ashing onto the floorboard? We're upside down, dude. Oh, shit. No, that doesn't make any sense. What? All right. What is with your the gravitational pull of this car, Dan? Oh, wait. Bo- Bones is right. I'm upside say- what I'm side ins- are we on? Is that the car are we don't on? Make me, don't make me laugh, man. This fucking seatbelt's cutting into my uh, dick. All right. Seriously, where's your knife, though? Yeah, Cron, where's that knife? I can't reach it. Dan, it's reach fucking... it. Right, it flew, gonna... flew around the car. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to undo my seatbelt, and I'm going to get the knife, okay? Hold on, hold on. Don't, don't. Listen, I know you're going to undo your seatbelt, but then you're going to fucking fall. So brace yourself before. Be smart. There's fucking broken glass and shit. Oh, my my parents are going to be so fucking mad at me, man. All right, here you go. Be careful. (laughs) Fucking idiot. Uh, I think I have a broken rib. You know what, though? You look like the villain from Die Another Day. It looks pretty badass. Check that reference. You'll be impressed. All right, Cron, where is it at? Scoot over. I'm not giving it to you. Just quit blowing the smoke in my fucking face, Cron. Jesus what? Christ. I'm there trying to dig the edge off of this shit, dude. There's so much soy sauce back here. Okay. <sighs> it's everywhere. Dan, move a little bit. I'm going to undo my seatbelt, too. Okay. Don't touch. Don't. Don't touch my knife. I. Uh, no, you can stay in the car. I'm going to flip the car over. Yeah, let's do that. Let's get out. Yeah, let me, let me kick out this glass. You fucking thing. Yeah, leave his fucking ass in here. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> that was pretty fucking cool, though, right? <laughs> it was fucking badass. Kind of cool. But don't, don't let him hear you that it was fucking cool, because then he'll yeah. think. Hey, oh, Dan. Somebody somebody got a bunch of fucking cigarette burns all over the back seat. It, it doesn't matter now, man. This thing's totaled. I don't think so. I mean, the body it's, still looks it's, good. It's, these things are fucking tanks, man. Let me push this thing over. It's American engineering. Hey, hey Bones, Bones, let's just spin it and make them throw up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Okay, you ready? Go to the other side. Okay. One, two, two three, go! Three. Oh. <laughs> Damn, dude. We didn't even get a full spin. That wasn't even a full spin. mostly soy sauce. Take that, fucker. All right. Hold on. For real, though, let's get this car over, all right? All right. Crowd, brace yourself. Uh, Wait, hold on. He's lighting another cigarette. Cron. All right, flip it so he goes out. All right. <laughs> you could have helped. I know. It's okay. I did the sound. Let it sit for a second. <laughs> Let it sit for a second. All right. Let the oil and everything kind of. Cron, you doing all right? Did all that fucking throw up now fall on you? It's everywhere, dude. Okay. Serves you right. Don't welly or wet willy a motherfucker with soy sauce during a driving instruction, all right? I got a few packs for the drive home. You're walking, dude. Well, and you're cleaning out. We don't, have, we don't have to worry about rolling the windows down. We're at the bottom of a hill. How we're not gonna push it up. No. What if what, what if you two like rickshawed it and I was back here? No. No. It's going to start. I'm confident. Pulling. The CUDA is going to start. All right? It can't get any worse than this. All right? So we're going to sit here. We're going to let the oil settle. We're going to check the gas, make sure that there's not a fucking leak before Kron lights another cigarette. All right? Too late. And... I got to go back to the store anyway. I got to I got to use the shower. I got to clean all this soy sauce off of me. All right. And then while we're at it, why don't we watch Phantasm 2 this week on 5 Day Rentals. Welcome to Five Day Rentals, the video store podcast. No more bullshit. We're jumping right in. This is the box set. Phantasm 2. The balls are back. I'm Bones, and guess who else is back? Fucking my balls. Cron Howard, Laundry Dan Dutes, how are you? Did he just call us his balls? Yeah, I'm the left one. I hang lower. Oh, just got cancer. Damn, dude. Yeah. You could just do that? Yeah. You have the ability to will cancer? I mean, everybody's born with cancer, right? Yeah. It's just a matter of when it shows up. But in this scenario, are you saying you as the ball got cancer with the intent yeah. of killing me? Because I'll slice you. If, I have, if I'm a ball and I have my mind still, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I can get a silicone ball. It sounds like an A24 movie. Like why would you put cancer an, is the killer? Why would you put another ball in there? Just, just have one. You'll miss the slap, bro. You'll miss the weight, the heft, the feel, and particularly that slap. 
I think if you have a testicle removed, you'll be The like, testicles are the metronome which is, of the body, okay? And they're like, look, you got to lose a testicle. You got to like, let you know. All right, I'm fine with that. I'm not. Okay. No. My name is Bones. We're talking Phantasm. How's it feel to be back, dudes? Uh, hey, it's Kron, and I think we're talking balls right now. No. Yeah. But why are we talking balls? Because this movie brings back not only one ball, not only two balls. Three. That's the right. Rainbow. That Third was the ball. next that was the next number, Dan. Good job. The gold what? ball, baby. We calling it gold? Isn't that not, a Bond not, movie? Gold balls? Yep. Mm-hmm. At least a porn parody if someone was paying attention. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Do you Bones expect me to talk? Oh, there's a, there's oh a... I expect you to fuck. What? <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> there is a bond uh like vinegar syndrome. They broke off their like adult line into another company. And if you go to that website, you can buy a bond porn parody. Hell yeah. Thunderballs. I can't remember what it's the spy called. who fucked me. Octopussy. It's it's something like that. Yeah, they don't even have to change that one. Yeah, that one's already there. I watched a Bond movie today. The Woody Allen Casino Royale, since that's the only one you guys are fucking aware of. I watched on her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, you should have waited a few more weeks. That's a Christmas movie, dog. What was Woody doing in that one? My uh, review on Letterboxd was 007 Winter Games. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kron, you said, what was Woody doing in that one? He's not in it. Uh, an adopted daughter. Uh, <laughs> He's one of the girls. At the... <laughs> Phantasm 2, 1988. So you don't like chicken, huh? It's quite the distance between a sequel, huh? Nine yeah, years? When's the first one? 79. 79. Yeah, it's a good little gap. Well, he said he didn't want to do a horror movie like after Phantasm 1, after all the success. What do you do in between? The Beastmaster. Mm. Yeah, that's a nine-year project. I don't know. What else did he do? Beastmaster's got a Bond chick in it. Um, guys, this movie's fucking fun as hell, huh? I think last week we just, or last week, last month we discussed, are they going to explain how these balls work? And by midway through this one, I was like, I don't care how they work anymore. (laughs) They're fucking cool all the time. I'm just so sad that he only got to use the double-double barrel shotgun once. Hey, I agree with you, but at least the shot that we got with it is fucking fun, right? It's cool. But man, (laughs) you get it so much, you're like, fuck yeah, dude. And you just like edging the whole time. The only other thing I would ask is maybe like a stab. Like, you've got it to that point, maybe a stab with it, but... What were you going to say, Kron? 
I think I said before, too, there was one thing I remembered from Phantasm 2, and that one thing was four-barrel shotgun. And I'm very glad that you referred to it as the double-double, Dan, because that's how I call it in my notes. So we're on the same page, bro. Hell yeah. It's like we have we're, a podcast together. We're vibing right now because we just came out of a very emotional category. <laughs> it was your fault. And I think that this was the catharsis that I needed. I didn't get emotional once during that category. You fucking cried the whole way to Rumblefish, you nope. fucking liar. Nope. He was like, why, why the fuck do wall, people dude. like Motorcycle Boy? It's weird. His fucking Zoom it. his Zoom video tonight is in black and white for some... I don't know how you did that. It looks cool, man. Well, he usually has Vaseline on the lens. He prefers that soap opera soft focus. If you're going to lead, you got to be going somewhere, Bones. He's growing on you, isn't he? He'll, he'll come around at, mm-hmm. the, at the rewind. I don't care about anything, anytime. California if, got to me. If you're coming to Phantasm 2 thinking, nah, let me skip that emotional bullshit category, I got to tell you, go back, watch those fucking movies. Listen, I stand by those episodes. But what I do stand by is fucking Phantasm 2. Uh, this was a lot of fun. I had not seen it before. Finishing this movie, my thought was, damn, I'm kind of bummed that there's only five. Now, I may come to regret that, but it is what it is. I believe you guys had seen these before at some time. Kron, you said that you only remember a thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I've seen two and three probably just like one time each. Okay. That's so. the first watch for me. I've never seen two. Okay. Um, we did ask, we talked about this last week, and even when we uh, made the selection that, there is some funny rights issues with two in terms of availability. Um, somebody in our Discord was nice enough to reach out and basically say, oh, it's because it was made for Universal, which was exactly my thought when I got the Universal um, logo? planet. Lo- yeah, logo, thank you. I was like, gl- I wanted to say globe. It didn't work. But when I saw that, that was like, oh, this is fucking weird. It seems like eventually they would just be like, you know what? You can have Phantasm 2 back. <laughs> I don't know why Universal is like, no, we want that one. From my understanding, it was the guy who was in charge of Universal at the time was like really into horror and really wanted to push horror. So he did Phantasm 2. He got Army of the Dead going, I think. Darkness. Army of Darkness, sorry. <clears throat> and... uh I guess he tried to get uh, Child's Play kicked off as well. So he's like, he really loved horror. And I guess he's like one of the only fucking bosses that has ever been in, like into it. Was he into it or he saw the business potential with? From what the Don Carcielli says, he says he was into horror. Carcielli? Did I say I'm that the, wrong? I'm Don Goscielli. <laughs> the Don, baby. 
There you go. We'll just call him the Don, and it won't be a problem. Um, first takeaways from Phantasm 2. Leave the ball, take the body. <laughs> I do think the bigger budget, like, I don't know if the storyline is as compelling as one, but the bigger budget, the effects are fun. And I feel like they really lean into like, we've got a little bit more money, so let's just ramp up every visual effect we can think of. It's really efficiently made. Uh, I For my third watch, I did watch with commentary and they were definitely stretching towards the end. In the commentary, they talk about the hotel that Mike and Reggie wake up in towards the middle of the movie was like a three-wall box that was built in a parking lot. It was not an actual hotel or a complete room. Um, a lot of the opening action sequence, which is meant to be a house, was actually the hallway of the warehouse that they were shooting in. Just recreated to look like the inside of a house but it's effective and it allows for a massive house explosion and one of the best like body horror I'd say two of the best body horror deaths that I've seen in a really long time yeah they got some pretty sick shit in here yeah plus we get a fuck ton of the Cuda, baby. Yeah. I was going to say the the coolest thing from the commentary, aside from Angus being just like an absolute delight. So it was uh, Angus, the Don, and Reggie on the commentary. And Angus opens up doing the tall man voice. Does he give you like a boy? or? I think he does say it a few times. But the house explosion... I wanted to talk about this before we get to that so we can kind of kick through it, but it was sort of like Invasion USA where it was a a neighborhood that was up for sale. Like they were selling these houses for like 500 bucks, but you had to move the house because they needed the the property for something. So they blocking bu- the 105 highway. Okay. So they bought the house, built a fake second level and blew it up. But the explosion that we see is used twice. It's the same explosion. And they set up six different cameras and had it synced. So the scene of the tall man walking away from the house exploding, Reggie and Mike diving out of the way, and then later in the movie, Reggie and Mike driving up to the house for the later explosion is all the same explosion, just shot at the same time. So... I was kind of impressed by the logistics of what they had to do. And the Don was praising Angus's ability to to walk and not be bothered by this massive explosion. And Angus says, like, I think it's the most awesome thing I've ever done in my career. Like I was really nervous, but I, I'm I'm pretty proud of it. They had a uh I guess it was close to an airport. <clears throat> So they had a guy there that was like, no, you can't use that much or explosives because you're so far away from an airport. And I guess when he found out that it was for Phantasm 2, he was like, holy shit, yeah, like uses, use as much as you want. He's like, because I fucking love Phantasm. Oh, that's awesome. 
so yeah, once he found out what the project was, he was like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, do it. Cron, and how later, do you- Later a 747 fell out of the sky, so. <laughs> Worth it. Worth it. Cron, how do you feel? Oh, that, oh, that inspired Donnie Darko, so mm-hmm. thank Boom. you. Shakalaka. Cellar door, Cron. It's the most beautiful word in the human language. Yeah. I like vulva. <laughs> I like crash and burn. Cron, how do you feel about the way that this story handles the what the fuck is going on of the original Phantasm? So the first Phantasm obviously ends in the like mind fuck of, oh, the brother was dead the whole time. You're, you were actually imagining this whole thing. Wait, what? And, and then this movie sort of does, oh, it was vision within a vision. That's well, kind of what they're setting up. I think this movie does take the conceit, though, right? That like Jody was killed in a car accident. Yes. I feel like the setup for this movie is like the end of Phantasm 1 is what's true, but somehow the tall man is also real, and now he's hunting down, well, he's like still fucking with Mike and Reggie. So even though like movie 1 is only six minutes of what really happened, like movie 2 includes all the stuff that happened in the vision as well. I think there is another layer to that. It's saying that the end of Phantasm 1 was also a vision. Yeah, but there's no Jody though. Like No, he's no. Not into. That's a vision within a vision. <laughs> oh shit. So he <laughs> Right? But this this was the thing that I, I tried to express last week of I'm not going to try to get bogged down with this stuff because I want to get through the series and and see if I find it satisfying. Me personally, I was, after scratching my head for a little bit, I was kind of able to piece it together and, and I was fine. So, Dan, how do you feel about uh, the recast of our hero here? Any information on that? Uh, I guess our original actor quit acting, I guess. Well, he comes back for three. Well, at the time he had quit acting. And I guess, uh, who we got? Paramount? Is that who he said was this one? Universal. Universal. Universal? I just assumed Universal was like, no liar, a real actor. They wanted a real actor for it. So that's what we got. I guess Brad Pitt did try out. Uh, it was high on the list, but they went with uh, with that lad we have. I don't remember his name. I think he's good. But yeah, I, I thought he did a good job. I'll, I was talking with somebody at work today who is following along with us, uh, uh, not at gunpoint. I'm not uh, forcing him to. Um, but we were talking about... We use knives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The... The transition into the different actor. And I think, not that they don't look super dissimilar, but uh, the the transition, the, the guide in with the diary drawings 
into the new actor, there had to be some subtle Disney work there in the drawing. I'm wondering if they were like, all right, let's draw our new guy. And then there's some subtle features of the original Mike that we could put in there because even though I knew it was going to be a different actor, I would, I bought in immediately. Yeah. I didn't mind. Okay. I was more upset with uh, Jessica from Thunder in Paradise getting changed. Go check out the first box set. I agree. I agree. That is a much jarring recast. Yeah. Kron's sitting there stewing like, fuck the whole Jessica recast. Where the hell was Megan? Yeah. Yeah. Reopen that wound. Should have had a Megan spinoff show. Okay. On that, Kron, how do you feel about the addition of, of Liz here? A little lady hero. I don't know. I mean, it's okay. Like, kind of like Freddy Cougar vibes, eh? Well, there there's some definitely like strong Freddy vibes later, like at a very specific seat in this movie with that girl. Does Freddy Cougar have like a cat claws instead of a knife glove? What? Never mind. What? It'll come out in the edit. People will know what I'm talking about. Go ahead. Feel I don't know. I'm kind of torn on Liz. Like she's okay as a character, but at the like adding in the whole like telepathy thing, I don't know if or I don't know if it's telepathy. They have the shining essentially. Yeah. Uh, like I don't even know if you need that. It's just like one more weird element that I I don't think it ever pays off. Really, it's not like there's a pivotal scene where that is used to like save the day. I believe it was a Paramount thing uh, as well. A Universal? Whatever. God damn it. Universal uh, thing as well. Yeah, they wanted a love interest. Uh, RKO's breathing down my neck, says Don Coscarelli. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Kron, I thought for sure you were going to say, ah, I'm not a Liz guy. I'm a Kemi guy. I mean, we'll get into that later, Yeah, too. we will. All right, I'm I'm ready to start diving through this story. I I'm really excited. Anything else up front? Um, no, rate my letterbox on this. Phantasms will be going on the big list, but we will rate at the end. Just real quick, uh, Kimmy is played by Samantha Phillips. Did either of you look her up on Letterboxd? Uh, is this busty cops? This lady's filmography. It is so she, Phantasm Two. Doll Man, she's in the yeah. Dallas Connection, which is a same guy who did Hard Ticket to Hawaii. I own it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and and then there's like Andy Angel Sedaris. Four. Yeah, Sedaris. Angel Four. I didn't realize the Angel series went past three. There's Busty Cops. There's Alabama Jones and the Busty Crusade. Ooh. Uh, lusty busty barbecue. <laughs> this lady's Penny, got some. Penny Slasher is writing all these down right now. So anyway, we should check out her filmography on the main feed at some point. Should should we get a little dirty and do a softcore category? It's got to do it's got to do better than the fucking based on a book category. I can 
confirm or deny. Okay. Okay. We'll just say that. You have a softcore category lined up? I didn't say that. And now, if you told me you had an Andy Sedaris direction erection, I would be all for that. That you don't you don't want that. You think that, but you're watching the same movie three times in a row. Yeah, I know, but I, I my eyes like my times. eyes go to particular places on the screen. It gets old, dude. <laughs> I don't. I've watched a lot of them. I'm not bored yet. Me and Dan tried to do it, and I think I had like one or two movies left, and I was like, I'm tapping out. I don't want to keep watching these. Did you? I think I got like six in. Did you get to like? like I can't do Picasso Tiger. Well, Picasso Tiger's early. What's the I think Penny Smasher finished. There's one yeah. with Eric Estrada, right? It's also and then Picasso Pat Morita. What did I say? Uh, that, Picasso Tiger? That you might said be... Picasso Tiger. Yeah, he's got a uh, Freddy Claw. That might be the second one or the third one. It also has Buff Bagwell in it. I think he's in a couple. Uh, Estrada? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That means Picasso Tiger is a title I could use. Golf ball that explodes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That might be the one. There's a lot of boobs. There's a lot of RC vehicles. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of fucking just houses in the middle of like a field that they always go to. Mm-hmm. And an office. They always have to have like an office with all the crazy hot chicks in it. Yeah. It's called fantasy. Speaking of fantasy, Phantasm 2, The Ball is Back. Now, was that the original title or is that like a retcon, change it in the box set sort of thing? Because it doesn't say The Ball is Back on the title card, right? I think it's just Phantasm 2. Okay. 1988. We open on a girl named Liz. She wakes up from a fucking nightmare. She's got an OCD sort of panic where she runs to the stove and checks the gas. She sits down and starts looking through her diary, and we start getting some narration where she's talking to Mike. She looks through these entries and, and, and drawings. She's, she's seeing the end of Phantasm 1, and so do we. We see Reggie and Mike deciding that they're going to hit the road at the end once Mike's finally accepted that his brother was dead. She's seeing that, or we're seeing that as the... I didn't know that was part of her vision. I thought we just cut back to like the end of Phantasm 1. You're probably right. I was just trying to be like she's seeing because she sees the she has a drawing entry of them in front of the fireplace. I don't know. That could be it. She has it in the journal and then it goes into. Yeah, it looks great. Personally, this movie looks good. It's 88, man. It's a good year. Yeah. And that's me. And I love the way 79 looked. There's certainly some amateurish shots. We've talked about that, but there's also a, f- a freedom in it that I absolutely appreciated. All right, so we actually start to see a new perspective from that night at the end of Phantasm 1. When Mike goes upstairs and he's pulled in through the uh, mirror by one of the little Jawas, we hear Reggie downstairs. He hears the panic. He runs up. And uh, kind of sneaks around the corner, sees what's going on, decides to run downstairs and grab a shotgun. He's panicking, looking for shells in the kitchen. He can't find anything. He opens up a cabinet, 
Jawa jumps on him. What's great about this, we get to see a face, these little fuckers. Little animatronic mask. Looks great. Mm-hmm. Pretty creepy. Yep. Reggie fights off this singular dwarf, but he notices another dozen that are ready to jump him. He's backed up against the, the oven. He looks, he sees the fireplace burning. Would you guys be running from these things? I'd just be, like, throwing some fucking haymakers and some kicks. I mean, you should be able to outrun them, right? Their legs are I think you one foot. should be able to beat the shit out of them. They're... But do they have con- do they still have regular person strength just condensed down to a three foot size? Because I don't know if we should answer that. Well, what I'm what I'm saying though is if you get one of them to stand on the other one's shoulders, <laughs> that's a six foot person with twelve foot strength, right? Like the yeah, density but, is going to be. I mean, you could, if you just think about it, you could beat up like a. Like a little person. <laughs> you just drop kick them. They, they're a hell of a lot stronger than I, I think you're giving them credit for. I think they're strong, but I just like in terms, I mean, when you box with someone, you have to have like a height that's comparable. They're not chucking in a fucking four foot guy against a seven foot guy. Okay, but now start, not level, multi- bro. start multiplying that. <laughs> I, don't know. I I agree that you should be able to outrun them, right? But also, he's not going to leave his buddy, all right? His newly adopted son brother. Son. Okay. So what he decides to do is he snuffs he out looks the Looks like he's dead. <laughs> hey, you don't, you don't give up, though. You don't leave a brother behind. He snuffs out the pilot lights on the gas stovetop. He turns on the gas. He runs upstairs. Actually, he crawls upstairs through the laundry chute. Looks pretty good. He gets up on the second floor. He hides from the tall man. Tall man's like, we've got Mike. I'm leaving him for one of my little dwarves. And I hope dwarf is appropriate. Uh, Little person, Jawa, Oompa Loompa. I will be using that interchangeably, but it's not meant to be offensive. I think I looked at a like a phantasm wiki and they refer to these little guys as lurkers lurker thank you all right so if we need a word for them yes let's do that to get ahead of it and so i don't feel unnecessarily guilty lurker thank you cron reggie manages to get a bat from the closet and he uses this to knock out the lurker that's dragging mike kind of wish he had gone with the tennis racket just so <laughs> We could see him smacking up a couple of those little guys. Yeah. So Reggie manages to rescue Mike and pulls him into the uh, bedroom that they pulled out of. And this is so awesome. Reggie just grabs Mike and they dive out of the second story window. They get to the ground. They manage to get clear of the house just before it explodes. What an incredible explosion. The tall man unaffected by this, but pissed off that he doesn't have Mike. He hops in his hearse and he drives off. And we're back to Liz and she's talking about all these visions that are coming, that are coming true. And they're definitely going to come true once her grandfather dies. Now we wake with Mike, an older Mike at the Morningside mental facility. 
He's talking to his doctor, and he's telling the doctor what he thinks the doctor wants to hear. And we even hear his voiceover of like him referring to the doctor as an idiot. Like, fuck this guy. Just tell him what he needs to hear. And he gets out. God damn, how long is this podcast going to go? This scene is like crazy because the doctor is just like, all right, you're cured. Remember that was all in your head. Mm-hmm. Great. Not, not and he's just straight up like, in. yeah, I just, uh, you know, I made it all up and I want to get back to Reggie's, my only family. And I, I admit it. I fucked up. I, I shouldn't have said all those things that I said. Let me go. These scenes are terrible. Let's just get to the CUDA stuff. No, hold on. Stop. Huh? That, that is a good I bit, though. I do I agree. That's, saying a, that's a solid bit. That's, that's better than burps and erms, so keep it up. Once Mike is released, he immediately heads to the local graveyard and starts digging up empty coffins. Yeah, that's what you always do when you get out of a psych ward. you got to have tradition, okay? That's one way to recenter yourself. And if your tradition is grave robbing, do what you got to do. It's exercise. Yeah. Maybe that should be a requirement. Like, if you can prove that you're, one, mentally better, and two, physically strong enough to dig up a coffin, then you get to go. If I owned uh, a funeral home, I would contract out to, like, CrossFit gyms and shit. Like, hey, why don't you bring some clients over and dig some holes? Mm-hmm. I legit That's thought, a, like, how do you start a graveyard? Do I just get, buy a plot of land and like, get a big piece of sell land? It? What do you need? You need a plot do of I, land. You need some cardboard boxes. You need a pizza oven. And you no, need no, no. a. I just want. You can bury them on my site. I don't want to do the whole body thing. Ooh. You could drive them there. And you can bury them in my cemetery. You got to have an office. You got to have a bulldozer. I have a little trailer. You don't, you don't gotta. You can get no. to that. You can work I out hire. of a yeah, VW van. Yeah, I hire the guys to dig the hole and bury the bodies and shit. So what, they got to sure provide their own s- dozer? I'm sure there's some state stuff I got to follow to make sure that the stones are in place, and I think it's a it's like a a, a self storage thing. You just yeah. treat it like that. You gotta dig them. You gotta dig the hole. You gotta bury them. You gotta fill it back up. And who says you can't keep a dead body at a self storage? Like, is that in the fine print? Uh, the state, <laughs> whatever state you're in, says that. What <sighs> What are the laws on just keeping a body? Yeah, you can't leave like a if body. Like, a, f- a family member dies, like, what's the law that says, like, you got to do something with it? I think there's a law against, like, desecration of a corpse, right? I'm not desecrating I'm not, it's it. Just it's just sitting over here. It, letting it sit and rot is <laughs> desecration. It's, no, it's going to rot in just, the ground. That's just fucking nature, They're gonna baby. They're going to pull all the shit out and fill it full of formaldehyde. Not if you keep it. Exactly. It's going to fucking blow up, dude. It's going to fucking reek. What if I freeze it? Yeah. I don't know. Go for it. I feel like that's a smart, environmentally viable option. If you just were to freeze one of your family members in a deep freeze, because if the power ever goes out, 
that body's gonna well it's not gonna it's gonna be the last thing to thaw out it's gonna act like a big ice pack and it's gonna keep your fucking push pops and tombstones (laughs) frozen until the power comes back on did you guys now when you put them in do you put a tombstone pizza up by his head because yeah (laughs) yeah you gotta write their name yeah did you guys i i know i told you to watch how to with john wilson did you ever finish that? I think I made it an episode or two. Okay, so I'm about the same. He does. He gets into that on the very last episode of season three, which is his finale. But it's it's a crazy ass episode. I know Brantley was talking about watching it, so okay. hit me up in the Discord, Brantley, if you did see that. And the the actor who plays Reggie his real name being Reggie, I believe was a mortician or yeah. worked in funeral homes. So he had some insight. After uh, Phantasm, the first one. Oh, what? he fell in love with it so much. He was like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I, it sounds I feel, like. I feel peaceful here. This isn't a bad business to get into. Right. It's like how Gary Sinise got into like all that USO shit after Forrest Gump. <laughs> He's doing great things for our vets. Reggie shows up. He knows that Mike was going to be there. Hey, can we get a vet cat on our... uh, Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) That's for two people. Um, (laughs) Goddamn. It's Sinise. Fucking shooting ourselves in the foot with fucking references. Do you think when he did the USO stuff, he like told everyone to keep their feet dry and shit? Yeah. I'm sure they loved hearing it. It's Gary Sinise and the Lieutenant Dan Band. I think that's the name. He ends all of his seminars by saying, shut up, get down. He he hates it because everybody throws ice cream cones. (laughs) Adam while he's on stage. Uh, he yeah, he runs around with a bedpan and people try to see if they can If you can make it you get backstage. I would, man, I would pay fucking five dollars to throw an ice cream cone at Gary Sinise. Mm-hmm. We could fund I don't know a, a new few war. a few wars with, with that game. Now Reggie does is still not believing Mike and his visions. Right, Mike has explained to him all of the stuff that, that we saw in Phantasm One, and he also then spoke to him about what we saw at the beginning of this movie, which was later in that night. His house exploding, all of this stuff. Reggie is basically saying, "None of that shit happened." All right, but I'm going to stand by you. Come home. One of my favorite line deliveries is this next scene, Reggie is now in ownership of the Cuda. He's driving Mike back to Reggie's place. And Reggie says, uh, Hey, the, the family's visiting aunt Martha's here. Celeste made a Turkey. <laughs> Little Bernie's really excited to meet her uncle Mike. He's driving a Cuda with his hands at 10 and two, the way you drive like a Lincoln continental. Like it's not, I wish somebody would have said, Hey, one arm, dude, Mm-hmm. Like, do the Dom Toretto. All right, you're driving a fucking Cuda. But the way he's just sort of 
hands are just nice and loose on the wheel, and he says, Celeste made a turkey. <laughs> Celeste made a turkey definitely made me chuckle, yeah. and I rewound a couple times just to hear. So as they're approaching the house, Mike starts to see another vision of the tall man, and he's about to fucking blow up Reggie's house using the gas. Mike yells at Reggie, like, we got we to gotta stop, we got to stop, it's going to explode. Right as they pull up in the fucking neighborhood, boom, the house fucking explodes. Now, from Reggie's point of view, Jody died in a car wreck, and Mike has been in a mental institution. If you pick this guy up, and he starts babbling like, your house is about to explode, and then it does, wouldn't you think, this guy blew my house up? <laughs> that would instantly be the first thing I would think, is, well, like, this this guy did it. So, we immediately cut to the funeral of his of his family members. Martha, little Bernie, and Celeste, the turkey maker. <laughs> and Mike is consoling Reggie, and Reggie basically says, like, you knew. You saw it. And I'm thinking that he's going to say that. Like, how the fuck, dude? But no. Like Jody in the finger in Phantasm 1, he's like, I'm in. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Let's get this best. Let's get this guy. And guys, we are fucking off. The Hemikuda and the duo, they start heading out across the country. They are on their way to track down our fucking tall man and his lurker army. But it ain't just the lurker army now. We got we got an extra surprise. We see the boys break into a hardware store and load up on supplies, bats, hammers, a chainsaw. In the commentary, uh, the Don references that Roger Avery, who co-wrote Pulp Fiction, huge fan of the Phantasm series, says that the scene at, uh, with Butch at the pawn shop grabbing the chainsaw is a direct reference to this, which I thought was cool. We see Mike craft a flamethrower, which got crying. I, li- I like all this shit every time it's in a movie where guys are just like, they go buy stuff and then they modify it. Like I think one of the best scenes in um, uh, Sorcerer is when they're like building the trucks. Yeah. Like, anytime guys are just like, I'm going to fucking weld two things together, it looks fucking cool. It plays, it has so many layers to it. There's the fun aspect of getting to craft these tools. But and then to like break into a hardware store and yeah, just yeah. be thinking about like, what weapons can I build? I mean, I'm not alone, right? When you walk through Lowe's or Home Depot, you are thinking like, this would be the great. This would be the place to be in a zombie apocalypse or something, right? Like you start to think, oh, that would be used to fucking barricade the wall, and we could, you know, build stakes and all sorts of shit. I I love it, and it's a good. It's a great foreshadowing because you see a flamethrower, you see a double double shotgun being made, and you're just like, oh man, I can't fucking wait for this to be used. It's awesome. Well, and just. To- even the fact that they like cut the two shotguns at an angle so they fit together real nice. Like, yeah. It's like little touches like that. I don't know, man. Shit just works. It's it's good accessory building too. Um, the way that they put the, the flashlights on the front of the cart to make it like a little vehicle. They grab different size hammers. Mike not only making the flamethrower, but using like the welding cap. And he's going to wear that for the rest is fucking cool. Not, not the smartest get up. 
right? You can't really see what's coming all the way around you. Well, I can't see what's coming from behind me. Yeah, but at least you don't have a fucking welding helmet on. Maybe he put two little mirrors like those guys who fucking ride bikes all the time wear inside it, you know? You you saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like, when he starts hitting that flamethrower, it's going to get fucking hot. It'd be different if he was wearing it full time. The fact that it's like a drop down, I think I stand by it. I mean, you got lurkers all around you that you can't see at eye level. So I'm just saying. Hmm. You could have got a crossbow. That would have been pretty fucking cool, too. Uh, you know what? I think the crossbow is overrated, man. One shot, and then you got to sit there and fucking strain to load up another one. Sure, it's silent, but. I mean, flamethrower is cool. But I think I think I Road Warrior is like the only time I think I've ever liked a crossbow, like a wrist activated one. I guess like a compound bow is quicker, right? Yeah. Because you just got to get another arrow out. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do that long pullback. Too bad you can't fucking pierce a cyber truck with one, though. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, now, other other do, famous load-up scenes. What do you got? What are you going to say? Do you think an arrow would go through your vehicle? Yeah. I don't know if it would. I don't know if that's a good test of how strong call the side of a... Call, call them out. If you shot an arrow at my car, at my truck, like, unless you hit it head on, I think it would bounce off. Like, if you kind of, if you had any kind of angle to it, because it would just shoot off... It's not like the yeah everything's not perfectly Shit's flat. Shit's blowing up, dude. But Rogan shot it straight on. No, he didn't. That was take fifteen, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can we try it on your truck? Yeah, it's already got hail damage, so <laughs> fuck it. What I was gonna ask you referenced uh, an- another movie, and now it's fucking escaping me the the load up scene oh sorcerer sorcerer yeah can you think of other movies that you love that have i mean i'm sure there's something in like dawn of the dead right where they're running through the mall gathering up supplies and shit i mean everybody I they, loves home alone yeah, yeah home alone that's pretty good I, that's like a defense setup i guess i'm talking about like loading up with with weapons and stuff I think that's all kind of the same. You you would put it the same. I, okay. I would count Home Alone in there. Okay, you're Just fucking building traps and shit. I guess yeah, you're prepping. I guess I was thinking yeah. like T two when they go into the bunker, you know, and they're yeah, grabbing stuff. Good. Or um, maybe my favorite, and the aesthetic of it is great. And then just how cool he is, Denzel in Man on Fire, when they go to the arms dealer. Like the way he's just sort of like lightly touching stuff, like give me that, give me that, and trying stuff out. And then they just like very quickly show him grabbing the RPG. Then you see those like Nokia phones and the little plastic tablets, and you're like, what the fuck are these for? And then you find out he's shoving them up people's asses. That's cool. <laughs> I've still never seen it. What? You've never, you've never seen Man on Fire? Nah. Turn oh. it to TBS on fuck. Saturday. I'm, It'll be on. Okay. 
Maybe it's like we a got a three-hour movie, isn't it? No, no. No. We might have a new five-star banger on my list. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Damn, Cron. That's that's a good movie, man. Actually, uh, well, I guess if it's a five-star banger, never mind. Yeah. And then Who is, uh, that? is that a Scott? That's yeah, it's yeah. Tony. Um fuck, it was on the tip of my tongue. John Wick 2. When he goes, when he's at the hotel in Italy, and he meets with, I think it's Peter Serafinowicz. I think that's sort of how you pronounce his name. The Somalier, I think, is what they call him. That's a great fucking scene. Robust, precise. How about the Barilli? Did you see John Wick two yet? I have. I mean- I know I've seen John Wick too, but okay. Do you see four yet? No, I don't think I've seen three or four. Okay, can we watch same, four at same Buds? Here. Can that be the? Well, that's no. like a three-hour movie, isn't it? Well, yeah, but it'll be. It's worth it. We'll stay up. We'll line our sleeping bags up next to each other, and if you'll agree to the banquet <laughs> of drinks I have planned, I will do. I told you. I made you a deal. Listener, uh, last week we recorded The Swimmer, and if you've listened to that episode, there's a discussion of a very particular cocktail, and since then, Kron has, I'll say it, been a little date rapey with the- Obsessed. Uh, Obsessed. With the, uh, the cocktail push. You're not curious, On dude? the next Bud's Tour. You don't what want I to imagine a, a what, salty, savory cocktail? What I imagine is our small uh, listenership will immediately be on your side and will be harassing Dan and I to take the shot. M style at the beginning the of Skyfall. Take Again, the bloody it's, shot. It's not a shot. It's a cocktail. It's a shot, Kron. It's not a shot. It's called a bull shot. Look up the fucking recipe, it, dude. You're I right. sent you the goddamn. It's photo. a cocktail, but you think I'm gonna fucking sip that? It has two ounces yeah, of broth I'm in it, that dude. Shit. No, you gotta enjoy it. You gotta be classy and shit. I I told you, you match every shot I take, uh, and I'm gonna go in the, there and I'm gonna take ten of them. Hit us mm-hmm. up on the cord and say yes, bull shots. Yeah, and as we know, Kron's slimming down. I don't think he's got the tolerance. I think Dan's. I think yeah, that's true. That yeah. goes for everybody who's in that fucking house is taking those shots with me. Isn't, again, it's not a shot. It's a shot. It's going to be a shot. All right. To cap this incredible load-up scene, Reggie opens the cash register, and you think for just the slightest moment, are they going to... Nope. He drops a few hundreds. They're honest oh, they people. took that fucking money, bruh. Honest people. No, they're not. They just broke into a fucking hardware store. They paid for it. They could have waited they... till the morning. <laughs> oh, wait. Sorry. Can we go back to one thing? Yes. When Reggie finds Mike digging up the graves, Mike says, this is my third one. <laughs> How fast does that guy fucking dig? He just well, got out. Dude. How slow does Reggie drive? I don't know. That's a good point. He's sitting at home just enjoying the fucking aroma of Celeste turkey, you know? (laughs) Ah, shit, I got to go get Mike. If you count Doug up. He's probably three graves in right now. 
if you dug up three graves in one night, you would be like, you'd be in a hospital. <laughs> I mean, he's like twenty, dude. He's all right. It's incredible writing because it subtly tells you that Mike is in incredible shape. <laughs> Looks and, good. Yeah, and we know Reggie's in shape because it hawking ice cream all day. I was gonna say, yeah, he's at home fucking putting all those hundred dollar bills through that fucking counting machine. He's please, he's going to Coinstar. <laughs> oh, you're yeah. eating up all your profit, dude. <laughs> I think if he would have drove in on the ice cream truck, this would be like a close, be close yeah. to five stars. You think that Coinstar wouldn't shut down with all the fucking ice cream residue that would <laughs> clog the fucking thing? He's got to go to different Kroger's every time. Otherwise, it'll build up. He's rolling quarters at night. <laughs> taking him to the is bank. Kroger? God damn it. Rolling, yeah, there's a, rolling there's coins a is really terrible. <laughs> How have they not Influence. done that yet? How have they not done that yet? Yeah, that marketing campaign, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like clipping coupons and shit. Time for savings, bitch. <laughs> Buy some Velveeta, bitch. <laughs> I had a dream that T-Bones were two ninety nine off. Oh, fuck. He could be working at the deli counter. It's <laughs> chopping shit. Yeah. <laughs> you want a chop salad, fingers. bitch? <laughs> hey, these are uneven. Let's not be picky, bitch. <laughs> Welcome to prime rib time. He gets put on carts and shit. He... <laughs> oh, that'd be fucking great. All right. This is bullshit. I only have one hand. Yeah, he can't bag groceries. He'd be slicing the bags all up and shit. <laughs> Can I get paper, sir? Oh, fuck. Are you a rewards member, bitch? Enter your phone number, bitch. The fucking rubber conveyor belt's all cut to shit. <laughs> the fucking keyboard. He can't, he can't grab the little blockade thing to push it down the, the little slot down the side. He can't tie his fucking apron. <laughs> Martha, can you help me with this shit, please? He's just standing there with his hands up, <laughs> waiting for them to fucking tie it around him. He sits down. He's like, I'm not putting a fucking rotisserie on my claw and running around the store selling it for $5.99. Come on, guy. All right. They are primarily searching in the Northwest. The towns that they show up to are being cleared out. Uh, they're, they're ghost towns now. They show up to one town. It's desolate. Looks like fucking Back to the Future 2 Hill Valley. There's cars into fucking storefronts, trash everywhere, graffiti. They show up to a new town, a new cemetery, and these graves already cleared out. Great shot of them having to walk, kind of slalom through these open graves. Boys, they decide to load up, and they want to scope out what's left. 
Did you guys key this uh, boogie down hat that Reggie has? Surely that's yeah. One of us got to get that hat, right? It's like Kron's looking that up. I didn't, but I definitely could. Cool fucking hat. Yeah. I don't think I could find one big enough for my head. It's probably adjustable. Yeah. It's 88. Yeah. Yeah, but everybody had small heads. They didn't have the nutrition that we do now. Reggie has got a large melon. And it... Some people think that's not his hair. And Kemi loves that head. Oh, man. We'll we'll get there. All right, they bust their way into the boarded-up funeral home. Inside, they split up. Mike makes his way into the morgue. And while he's in there, he notices a dead body on the metal slab. It's got the little autopsy slice already. He's looking around. As he goes to leave, he turns around, and the dead body's gone. He hears Reggie calling to him. Dead bodies everywhere. I've been on a crazy corn kick recently. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. I have listened to uh, Follow the Leader and Issues multiple times in the last few weeks. I think I'm overcompensating for the fucking category I put us through. And of course, it's fucking the algorithm all all up. There has been some corn coming on on the Big Rigs mix. You're welcome. So. He hears Reggie calling to him. Now, Reggie's down. I want to call it the boiler room. I don't know if this is the uh, crematorium section. Reggie has found something in the corner. This is somebody wrapped up in a blanket. I think they think it's a lurker. They approach. They pull the blanket off, and it looks like Liz. Mike's like, this is Liz, the one I was telling you about, dude. And Reggie's like, what the fuck's going on with her back? And fucking Liz got a quado. Fucking pops out of her spine, this little creepy worm-looking thing. You play a good game, boy. Come east if you dare, bitch. And they fucking... It does look like a Freddy thing, right? It does. It absolutely looks... Is it Dream Child or whatever that he is like the little worm-looking thing? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's my, as we know, that's my it's my least favorite of the big three. I did one yeah, pass I, and I, I was good. I definitely like Stallone and Willis better. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to prime time, bitch. Ooh. All right, they light this bitch up and they take off. They head east to the state line. They have one more town left, Paragord. We cut over. We see Liz and her poor grandmother. They are in the uh, funeral procession to her grandfather's funeral. They're greeted at the funeral home by two creepy mortician's assistants, and they're ushered in by the priest. Um, Priest, I think, best acting performance in the movie? Uh... Mine, mine. Okay, he's kind of amped. He's amped up like a. I feel like even the camera stuff with some of this, it starts to kind of look like a Raimi movie. You know, interesting. Interesting. You say that name. I feel like this. The priest being all like sweaty and all these close-ups and shit. Yeah, feels very Raimi-esque. So inside at the funeral, the priest uh, gives his sermon, and during the you know the last visitation. The, the grandmother is is at the body, 
And Liz is having a quick conversation with her sister. Her sister's like, I got to get the fuck out of here. I got my family I got to go take care of. She bolts. Liz goes after her. She's walking through the hallways of the fucking mausoleum. She thinks she sees something run off around the corner. She does a little dream check. She squeezes her fingernails into her palms, opens them up. This ain't a dream. She spins her top. Well, she's not dreaming, but she telepathically starts connecting to Mike, who we see wake up in a hotel room. Sorry, motel room. This is certainly not a hotel. It reminded me of the one from, like, Blacktop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and he convinces, hey, we, we got to go help Liz, and they load up. I don't know if you guys noticed them not shutting the trunk on the Cuda all the way. <laughs> Yeah, uh, definitely. Kind of, kind of stressed me out. You don't want that particular trunk to pop open on the highway. I thought they, you got some I thought they just there, had dude. so much shit in there that they couldn't fucking. It wouldn't latch anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's it, tough carrying around a fucking flamethrower. Well, it could have been fucked up because they've, you know, they've got stuff mounted to the trunk itself, like the the hood of the trunk. So, I'm, I'm guessing that test car or whatever, you know, just banged up after a while. So after Liz's grandmother says her last goodbye to her late husband, we think that she leaves. And we see the priest. He's all sweaty, freaking out. He's looking up at Jesus. And he walks up to the body and he's like, fucking forgive me, God, but I got to stop this sacrilege. And he fucking stabs the corpse right in the heart. That poor grandmother, she didn't leave. She, She saw this whole thing. She saw this priest stab this fucking corpse. Now, I think if the corpse is in your house... You should be able to do whatever you want with it. Crime calls this desecration. Yeah. I'm just saying it's your personal property. I think stabbing a corpse. Don't tread on me. Don't tread on me. Also, are you calling the like the priest his house is the church? Yeah. Yeah. He owns that body. Yeah. All right. He owns every body. That is, he's the word of God, right? Yeah, so, is, and we're in a house of the can, Lord. Has gave their body to the Lord. This guy can fucking drown babies and shit, but he can't stab a corpse. He can molest a child, but he can't. You knew stab Dan was going to be the Kron? one to go there, listener. Mm-hmm. It has to be spotlighted. Thank you, Dan, for your bravery. <laughs> I'm an ally. <laughs> to children? To who? <laughs> to children, okay, I guess. I hope, I hope. To children that have been wronged. All right, we see Liz. She's still meandering through these hallways. She sees a coffin freshly dug up just sitting out in the hallway. She approaches it. She's about to open the fucking thing, and the tall man comes up behind her, puts his hand on her shoulder. Graveside service is about to begin. Liz bolts this, off, freaked out. Is this the same line that he uses on uh, Jody in the first Phantasm? It's very similar. I think it's something like service is about to begin. Okay. Something like that. Well, and her freaking out, like her being startled by the tall man, she has this little like conch pin or something that she was holding. She ends up stabbing the tall man, and we get this cool shot of him licking up his own blood. 
apparently it's took, yellow. took like 30 takes or something to get it right for that blood to drip in the frame that way. So in the commentary, it was a lot of Angus saying, oh, I remember this. This was 3 a.m. That was <laughs> take 30. We're at the priest's house, and he's tying one on. He's freaking out about the what he's telling himself is the wind outside. He finally goes to check the door, and it ain't the wind, dudes. It's the reanimated grandpa. What? What? Whoa. <laughs> we see Liz at her house. She's trying to lock up for the night. She puts her sweet little grandmother to bed. Start the burial over, dude. But the That's grandmother, using the grandmother Call rolls bears back, bro. She rolls, Whoa, dude. <laughs> Your grandpa has been shrunken down. Not yet. What's wrong with his Not mouth? Yet. He's I, obviously he's been certified as like useful on Earth, I guess, because he's still just. I don't know. Do you think if two of those little guys stood on top of each other, they'd be real strong? Yeah. Be like I'll fighting a Goro, world, dude. dude. They'd have four arms to swing at you. Whoa. All right, this reanimated corpse ends up kidnapping the grandmother. Reggie and Mike, they make their way uh I wrote pergola. I think it auto-corrected the pergola, but it's paragold. Excuse me. Mike is in and out of sleep as they're driving, and it doesn't help that Reggie drives nice and easy. Probably hum of that V8 just puts him right out. Well, he's a 10 and 2, dude. I mean, there's no... Everything's smooth. Yeah. Reggie sucks at driving this Cuda. He ain't the one that wrecks it, though. This would be like... (laughs) The Don would be like, Dan, this is a Black Roses situation. (laughs) You could not. Five miles an hour. That's it. So in Black Rose is 1988 as well. Mm-hmm. Paint the town red. Um, Mike is in and out of sleep and dream world and consciousness. He thinks he sees a hitchhiker. And guys, does she look familiar to you? Oh, yeah. She's laying on the the thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Those, I... Those bangs yeah, are unmistakable, did. dude. Well, and I've seen her in Lusty Bang. Busty Barbecue. <laughs> so he wakes up from his dream and he's telling Reggie, like, I imagined hey, that the there's something. And then all, all of a sudden, there is a chick in the back seat and it's that hitchhiker, Kemi. And Reggie's like, I picked her up like 50 miles ago, man. And 50 miles at the rate that fucking Reggie drives was six hours. So Mike is getting some restful Z's. Mike's like, hey, dude, can you pull over? I got, I got to pee. And they get out. And then uh, Reggie pulls his dick out and starts peeing while they have a discussion about how it gets hard and lonely out on the road. His piss is loud in this. It's like, like well, drowning out. It's the- at the forefront of the frame. It's, it's they- stereo sound, Cron. Is he talking about his penis? When it gets hard? And lonely on the road? There was a take where he points, and he's like, it gets hard. (laughs) Wrong line. (laughs) 
And Mike finally relents. He's like, all right, you know what? And he's thinking, you know, Reggie's done a lot for me. He drives a little slow, but he makes a mean-ass double-double shotgun, and he's my best friend. Well, I'm going to be a good wingman. Kemi can come with us. And guys, speaking of pee breaks... I got to tell you, I had a smile on my face the entire time I was pissing, imagining Freddy Krueger <laughs> standing in the break room with his hands up while uh, a 45-year-old co-worker ties the fucking butcher's apron around his waist. I very, oh, much, yeah. very much enjoyed that. Thank you, guys. Welcome back. We're talking Phantasm 2. Now, the boys, they arrive in Paragold, and Alchemy says, uh, oh, by her name. By the way, her name is Alchemy. She goes by Kemi. Cool. Not not Allie. Al- more conventional. That's uh, like uh, Topher Grace. You know, well, go, what does go, he go by? Ofer? He goes by, t- his name is Christopher, but he goes by Topher instead of going by Chris. No. Fuck him. Yeah. Why? You know what? There's too many Chris's. I'm going by Topher. Yeah, it's cool. I'm Ke- in Spider-Man. Kemi's like, hey, my uncle owns a and b and he could probably give us a place to crash. And Mike's like, uh, fuck that. So he can charge us a cleaning free and still make us take the trash out in the morning. And Reggie's like, yeah, I bet they say they have everything and then don't have salt. And then I'm going to try to make... Or coffee. Yeah. Or it'll be a, a fucking Keurig, and it'll have one caffeine, but 40 fucking green teas that nobody wants. Mm. And two hot chocolates. Feel free to log into your Netflix account on the Roku. There's three forks and nine spoons. The fucking batteries are dead on the remote, and you're walking around trying to see if you can find a triple A in the drawers. It's just a random locked door to the garage. You find a tortilla chip in the bathrobe. <laughs> but they're like, you know what? If you're going to hook us up, we appreciate it. We're going to take you up on it. So they head to the house. But it's boarded. It's closed. They're like, what the hell? But the boys, they use their toys and they bust in and they decide to hold up for the night. Uh, speak of Home Alone, man. What do you think of these traps, man? This cool... Uh, they look deadly as hell. Yeah. <laughs> like they're definitely going to backfire. Hopefully you don't sleepwalk. The uh, I would be scared as shit if I was Kimmy being left in this house of <laughs> assured destruction. Well, you're staying upstairs for sure. Uh, yeah, I think I think I would want Freddy Kroger to be after me that night. So I don't go to sleep. So the coolest of the two... So one of them is a double barrel shotgun on a tripod mm-hmm. with a you know a cord around the trigger to the door. Yeah. But the in cooler you, one if you ever fucking forget it's there and open that door. It's just like fucking fuck, done. I, All right. Fuck, I forgot I ordered a pizza. <laughs> I feel like I'm the one on this show that more often than not tells a personal story and more often than not they fucking fall flat, but I'm going to tell you this one. 
I'm in elementary school. Me and my friends in the neighborhood, we build a clubhouse in the woods. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that this was my first interaction with police because we were actually stealing building materials from the houses that were being built a few streets over. So we were going to these job sites and just like walking with full sheets of plywood and nails and hammers. And, and we built a pretty solid two-story clubhouse in these woods. I made a trap, which was a four by four that was on a trigger. So if you went, uh, you opened the little egress door that went from the first level to the second level, and you did not unclip something, when you push that door all the way up, it would trigger this four by four to fall. Don't get ahead of me. Put a bunch of Paul Kersey nails in there. Yeah. I would go there and do homework after school. I forgot my science textbook in the clubhouse. I had to tell my mom, I need to go out and get my book. She's like, where is it? I was like, it's at the clubhouse. It's like 8.30 at night. It's dark. I got to run a few blocks over. I run into the woods. I run up and I do not unactivate the trap. I open this fucking thing and a four by four falls and clocks me right on the head. And I had to walk home with a giant lump on my head, like concussed. Like I probably ended up taking the wrong route because I could barely see, but it worked is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Proof of concept. Yes. Is that why my head is so big right now? I don't know. Who the hell would want to break into your fucking eight-year-old clubhouse anyway? That that was uh, a... we we had some trauma with some other kids in the neighborhood trying to steal that shit and we, take it over. We had some. There was a shitty family that had like six kids, and they were constantly throwing rocks at us. And I was like seven or eight, and this fourteen-year-old girl tried beating the shit out of me. I mean, it was brutal. We threw rocks at their house. Parents got involved. Um, this is all just growing up as a military kid. Yeah. Yeah. Normal shit. But yeah, I tried to keep it secret that we, because we got stopped by the cops. Like this cop came over and he was like, there's been some reports of kids dicking around over here. Do you guys have anything to do with that? We're like, no. And then. Carrying a fucking bundle of fucking perfect timing. I think our other friend was like, hey, I got some nails. Fucking jangling them as he's running up. (laughs) And then I think one of the kids caved and then it got back to my mom and she was like, were you guys stealing? And we're like, no, no. Yeah, I got grounded for that. It was just there. But I, yeah, I probably didn't need to go back. I needed a week to let my head heal. I was going to say you should have gone to the, you know, these job sites and been like, hey, if you put a four by four over here, people will stop stealing your shit. <laughs> I got proof right here. Feel this yeah. fucking knot, bro. See this? I did this. When uh, we lived in Guam, we built this 
awesome tree house in this old tree, but it was on the property of a house that was vacant. And then Dan, you know, this like they'll do that thing where they prep the house before a family moves in. Like they send cleaners and they repaint and they do all that shit. Well, Mm -hmm. the liability of having this giant tree house over it, they brought some people out to rip it up and throw it like basically throw it away. And we sat there. It was like fucking Brad Pitt watching his mother's caravan burn (laughs) in Snatch. We were all just standing there like all sad. All these Guamanian dudes just like chucked our plywood into a dumpster. Most things in my life are taken away. That's weird. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, Hey, me and Kron, we quit. What? Yeah, we're quitting right now. Hey Bones, at least you. Why can't we? At least you had that stuff in the first place, Brewster's Millions. Yeah, plywood and shit. You know how much money that shit is. Some of us have no idea what Uh, it's like to lose a clubhouse. It's it's called petty crime, bro. (laughs) Pays. (laughs) There wasn't any allowance or anything going towards this. This was, again, if we can carry it, it's ours. Yeah. Oh, here's a pallet. Oh, here's a fucking porta potty that we broke apart and used three walls like this. Jeez. <laughs> Take the shit for later. <laughs> we can use that. We'll chuck it at that family's house. They fucking deserved it, those pieces of shit. All right, so they, they set the booby traps, they leave some protection for alchemy, and then they head out. They want to go check out this local funeral home. So Liz, having uh, been summoned by the tall man, so when she the next the morning after her grandmother was kidnapped, she goes into the bedroom, finds that little pin stuck in the nightstand. When she grabs it, she gets the telepathic message: "If you want your grandmother back, meet me uh, or come tonight." I think is what he says. So she's heading to the funeral home at the same time that our boys are heading to the funeral home. She makes oh, her way come inside. Tonight. Uh, we see the creepy morticians. No comment on that. Yeah. All right. So help me out here. We see one of the morticians performing a reanimation on a body. Is this guy that he's reanimating one of the later goons? The gas mask? I don't know if he's the gas mask because while he's doing this reanimation, we see the other gas mask people like bringing in, I think they call them gravers. They're bringing in coffins. I wonder if, because they look very similar. They got pale skin, sharp features, black hair. Yeah, there is like a, a mortician guy that like, they definitely kill him at one point and then he's back like five minutes later. So I feel like there's like a, I don't know if they all look the same or what, but because there I were could... there were two the day of the funeral of the grandfather, yeah. so mm-hmm. cool highlight of the embalming process, which is obviously not correct. They are just jamming a tube into the chest, pumping out a little bit of blood, pumping in some embalming fluid. Mike and Reggie, right. yeah, okay, then yeah, it is correct. Mike and Reggie, they show up in the CUDA. 
they see a graver who's digging up a casket, and they decide that they're going to try to sneak up on him. Inside, Liz is following another graver who just brought in a fresh casket. And while she's snooping around, we see that the priest is also in the hallway. He's been snooping around. Now we shift, and we stick with him for a little bit. And he goes, and he's on this little altar. He sees a little small casket. And he opens it, and it's got this like netting thing on top of it. And he goes to, t- and he gets a little shock. He's like, I ah, fuck this. And on his way out, he starts blessing all the dead bodies in the in the mausoleum. And the tall man shows up behind him. They have no need of your services. And then the priest's rosary is hanging off his his waist. Starts fucking going crazy on its own. Wraps around his neck lifts him up like two feet up in the air and he's just floating there struggling in the middle of the hallway the tall man comes up you think when you die you go to heaven you come to us so is Pre- tall man like an alien or a demon or an interdimensional being who knows we don't Both. know nobody knows guess we gotta wait until Phantasm 3 a lady. they'll explain it in part 3 Okay. Kron, he's a bad guy. That's all I know. He's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. Kron, he's a tall man. Mm -hmm. Well, he's got those lifts, so. That's as much as we know about him. I bet two lurkers would be taller than the tall man. (laughs) No, you'd have to get a third. How many lurkers does it take to make a tall man? Angus Scrim looks like he's, you know, seven feet tall, so. He he lived a good long life, too. He died just a few years ago, I think, when I looked it up. Because I was trying to figure out when they recorded that commentary, because he was, he was quite vibrant. He, he seemed to have his faculties during their discussion. All right, so the priest tries to make a break for it, and we see that that little casket that he tried to get into earlier... It fucking pops open and outslide three balls, baby. Fuck. Balls are back. Balls are back. And they've expanded their repertoire of skills. Hey, you know what, you left wingers? Balls are back. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna it's put time. three balls on the back of my truck but they're going to be the phantasm balls. That'd be awesome. You should put one on your antenna so it'll look like it's flying. Did you ever have the the jack-in-the-box head? Nah. Did you ever have a cool eight ball? I didn't have anything (laughs) I think I might have. (laughs) No, I had eight ball... uh... Rear view mirrors uh, hang like, things. Like dice? Like the, uh, yeah. No, they were eight balls. But, yeah, but like dice. <laughs> yeah, they were like dice, but they were eight balls. Like the dice man? Brain smasher? Hey, Clint Eastwood. I fucked them. The priest startles Liz as he's running away. He tells He'll her eventually that he... get that quote, Karan, don't worry. It's from Fairlane. I already know. No, it. they drive a Cuda in this one. I already know family. it. You made me uh, watch it in high school, and that right, was I'm, the first I'm, time I was like, I'm "Maybe Dan on. and I don't 
like the same kind of movies. I've already filled the personal story <laughs> quota for the episode. The priest and Liz, uh, the priest is yelling at Liz like, "This is enough. We got to start warning people." But what do we hear with the unmistakable hum of that ball approaching? One of them attacks the priest, but this time it doesn't go right to the forehead. It deploys a little fucking saw, man. It s- flies by, slices his ear off. Looks fucking cool. Looks cool as hell. They did the effect by him laying down, and the camera was at a 90, and then they dropped the ball next to him and pulled the ear off. Very cool. Yeah, it sucked to lose an ear. Probably fuck up your hearing pretty good. I don't know. You still got the holes there. Yeah, but the shape of your ear is what, like, bounces sound into the little hole there. That's why my hearing is so good, because I got these big-ass funnels, and the canals are perfect. Yeah, they're not full of shit-filled condoms. (laughs) That's why I could wear a welder's mask, because my, my hearing, I'm like fucking daredevil. I'll, fu- I'll fight. Ben Affleck movie. I'll fight lurkers like fucking crazy in a hallway. My hearing's so good. I could be in a yellow outfit. I could be in a red outfit. I could be in a black outfit. Don't matter. I got no fear when it comes to kicking lurker ass. You guys ever watch that Daredevil show? Pretty good. Nah. You I think I you knew the question. You you knew the answer to that before you asked the question. Yeah, I know. It's more it's more you know, sometimes you ask these questions and you hope that you get a response in a few weeks on a Discord. Why the hell does Daredevil care what color his costume is? Yeah, he's blind. He's blind. He fucking neon he probably was just like, give me whatever's cheapest, he, dude. I don't he, give shit. He cares about the intimidation. Of his victims. Give me that pleather. Who's he victimizing? Crime. (laughs) All right. So this this whole little saw thing, the slicing of the ear, it was just toying with this priest because this ball comes back around and we get a classic fucking brain and drain. Yes. Yes. What? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Can you hear him, Kron? It yes. sounds like a, he's been smoking for 50 years. Jesus Christ. It sounded like this, Dan. Sass. Sass. On my end. That sounded like sex. You heard sex, you fucking deviant. <laughs> yes. What do you think yes. about... Yes. You guys like brain and drain? I also wrote Fuck drill. Yeah, I also wrote drill that's and good. drill and spill. Oh, that's good too. So I like brain and drain. Brain and drain. Yeah. All right. Is that the box set sign off? <laughs> brain yeah. and drain. Fuck yeah. Liz runs away. Tall man grabs her, throws her across the fucking hallway. One of these it's little. It's pretty funny. The shot of her. She's like flying up. 
towards a wall. That's how hard he threw her. Yeah. She kind of is dazed there laying on the floor when a little lurker approaches. It's her damn grandma, dude. It's all compressed and creepy and shit. Starts chasing her around. She takes Grandma? A- yeah, she takes off, gets around a corner, grabs a vase, smashes the shit out of her mutant grandma, sends her flying. Made this movie legit. Yep. Sorry, grandma. It's like the most non-reaction to beating the shit out of your own grandmother. Sorry, grandma. You can't think of her as your grandmother at that point. You can't. I guess not, but... That's like the bodies that I got here. I don't think of these as families. They're Ottomans. Decoration, baby. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're fucking ice blocks to keep my Bond Pops. Well, cool. one of them. <laughs> I don't got that big of a deep freeze. You know what I do like to do with one of my bodies? I like to keep it in the tub. So when I f- start filling up the bathtub, because of displacement, I know when to shut the water off. And then I pull the body out and then I get in and it's, it's, it's not perfect because it's not a body as big as mine, mm-hmm. but I know, and I don't ever have to risk like overflowing. The yeah. Tub. Yeah. It's already warmed up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the water would already be warm if you <laughs> turned on the hot spigot. Dan. Yeah. But I got a curling iron up that thing's ass. All right. Now we're talking. Yeah. See? If you'd have bodies right We got to start reusing our bodies, all right? There's a climate crisis. We got to start getting what we can. Running out of land, bro. Yeah. This is just resources sitting there. I'd easily live on top of a burial ground. (laughs) No issues ever. (laughs) Liz takes off. She runs out into the graveyard. uh, And then she's grabbed by a man in a gas mask. But this is Mike. I don't know why he has the gas mask on, but it's a nice little <laughs> jump scare. Dude, why the fuck is he wearing a gas he, mask? He pulls this mask off, and they instantly start making out. It's the woman of my dreams, and she's here in this grave hole with me. God damn. It's the woman it's, that won't get out of your fucking head. We all, he has to. We all got one of those, though. He doesn't want to, but he can't escape. So the way out is through, man. He's looking at alchemy like, yeah, but I got to stay over here. What's alchemy got? She's fucking hitchhiking. She's got an uncle with a defunct B&B. She ain't bringing a whole lot. Liz has. I think I, Liz just inherited a whole nice-ass house. I'm going with alchemy if, if, if it's down to a choice. Well, alchemy is the tall man. Kron. You fucking perv. Come on, Dan. Spoiler, dude. Reggie shows up. He dives in the hole with him. And they they all three duck as a fleet of hearsts drive by. They take Liz back to the B&B. Mike lights up the fireplace with his flamethrower. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. The couples decide that in the morning, they're going to split. Or in the morning, they're going to take off. But for tonight, they're going to split up, try to catch some Z's. 
So Kemi and Reggie, they start boning. Boy, this is a wild scene. <laughs> she is macking on his forehead. She and is just dry humping the dr- complete abs- hell out of this well, guy. Well, listen, we subconsciously set this up. Reggie just likes to pull his penis through the hole because he does not take off his clothes. I think she's just doing a little little sidestepping with the panties. I believe it. I think she's grinding. I don't think it's just a dry hump. She is loving this. Reggie, he don't know what to do. Too much, too quick. He's like, oh, fuck. Oh, it's time to take your hands off 10 and 2, buddy. And <laughs> drive that good up. You're going to have to learn how to live a little I at some point. I don't disagree, Dan. I mean, there's no foreplay, and she's starting in sixth gear. Where are you supposed to go? You know? But while this is going on, Mike and Liz, they're having a pleasant little telepathy back and forth. <laughs> they're Steer. laying in the bed Get with their Get out of sh- here, dude. <laughs> they have their shoes on in the bed. <laughs> you got to be ready. That's fucking gross, dude. you don't know when a cat or something in the B&B is going to set off the grenade trap, which happens. Reggie and Mike both run downstairs. And this starts to freak Mike out. He's like, what the hell are we doing, man? I'm a 19-year-old kid. You're a bald ex-ice cream vendor. (laughs) Reggie's like, thanks, man. What the fuck? But he starts to rethink, like, hey, what what are we going to do? We should just take off. Like, you got a chick. I got a chick. Best case scenario. The girlfriends in the audience that dudes took them to this movie is like, ice cream, man. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'll explain later, babe. Yeah. <laughs> I told you about this on the car ride out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a very fucking successful ice cream man. Well, yeah, IGN didn't exist to show your wife the YouTube what you need to know video. (laughs) All right. Now, while Mike and Reggie are rethinking their whole approach and their whole decision to live a life of adventure chasing the tall man, Liz is upstairs and she's checking the windows. And in classic tall man fashion, he is behind one of these fucking curtains and he reaches through and pulls Liz and... She's gone. Mike and Reggie, they take off after her. Uh, Mike doesn't believe in using the car door, just dives in through the passenger <laughs> window. It's a, I guess it it's a slightly faster because he, the, the shotgun seat is leaned forward. So he's able to dive into the back seat and then quickly jump into the driver's seat. He starts this thing and takes off immediately, gets in front of the house. Reggie comes out with the gear, and they take off. Kemi's like, what am I supposed to do? Let me come with you. I can help. Mike's like, no. Or Reggie's rather, stay here, okay? Better yet, why don't you take off? He's like, I got a fucking sore rubbed into my dick from my (laughs) jeans. Yeah. (laughs) What we did earlier. I'm going to need a week, all right? You got to let my fucking, you got to let my, cock callus build up before we attempt that again. Shaft's looking like Freddy Kroger over yeah. here. Uh, yeah, he tries to get her to stay. She won't. He's like, actually, better yet, let's last the Mohicans this shit. Take off. I will find you. Okay. 
On the way, they catch up with the hearse. Mike's driving. Reggie's in the passenger seat. They get up to the side of the hearse, and Reggie kind of freezes. Mike has to yell at him, fucking shoot him. He's about to when fucking tall man pulls like a reverse pit maneuver and pushes them into a boulder. Oh, man. What a bummer. Kuda is flipped over. Fuck. Mike is ejected. He wakes up. He's a few yards from the car. I don't know why, but there is a tree on fire. And the Cuda is now leaking gas. Mike gets up. He runs to the car. I think the Cuda is the worst death in this whole movie. It's quite the bummer. Quite the bummer. You think we'll get a Cuda back in three? (laughs) I fucking hope so. Same. Cuda's my favorite character. I'm just going to say that. I thought you liked the balls. Cuda, balls, tall man. Grandma. <laughs> As a lurker or regular? No, just grandma. Oh, it's all part of her character arc, so. Okay. She, I think, really hits her head on that, like, church pew. <laughs> she falls. She's just like, oh. <laughs> it's like, yeah, she made her money that day, shit. Out. Reggie, the and Bone, Bones had already hit her with that four by four. So <laughs> <laughs> Reggie is still seatbelted in. He's hanging upside down inside of the Cuda. Luckily, they act fast and they're able to escape before the Cuda explodes. They have to walk to the funeral home. They finally get there. What's, well, thankfully, they're actually like it's just right over there. Cool. So. What's that gas tank on the Cuda, like a fucking 30-gallon? Because there is some fuel coming out of that motherfucker. Well, this is back when, like, the fuel tank would be, like, right next to you, like, underneath the car. Like, you remember those Chevys that had the the fuel tank, like, literally behind the bench seat? (laughs) That would fucking explode if you got into, like, a head-on. But, yeah, so... They say he gets Reggie out of the car and they realize, oh, the funeral home's over there, which had they realized, maybe you wouldn't have like, you maybe just would have waited until the tall man like got to the funeral home and then fought him on solid ground, not in the car. But I'm grateful for the what little driving we do get in the movie. Mm-hmm. So they're making you their also, way. You got to think there's no reason the Cuda couldn't take a hearse. I mean... I don't know. I bet that hearse is still a fucking V8, man. You gotta, yeah, I bet, I bet back in the day the hearse was like a V12. <laughs> you don't know how fat that guy's going to be. You're going to mm-hmm. eat the whole ass. Well, this is back when people would like, oh, the horse is part of the family and shit, so you don't know what they're hauling, mm-hmm. you know? Plus, do you, I mean, do you want to contract out this hearse? Are you, you know, are you moving freight? If you're in a small town and there ain't that much death. Isn't a dead body freight? Yeah, let me go deliver some fucking concrete. Why not? Yeah, kids, I'll have those four by fours uh, <laughs> up there on Tuesday. Oh, we're missing one. 
Oh, shit. Stole from me again. Damn Navy brats stealing lumber. All right, they're making their way through their morgue. And uh, Reggie, he eyes that embalming machine, and he's got the clever idea. He's going to put some fucking hydrochloric acid in with the embalming fluid. Fucking... Let's see. Good luck on your next reanimation attempt there, fucking tall man. Mike finds a large metal door. You can kind of hear the humming on the other side. We know what that means. But what he also notices is like a little cutout, like a, almost like a lock. S- circle, two little slots. He's like, Reggie, what does this look like to you? He's like, looks like a circle. Like, That's the slots. weirdest glory hole I've ever seen, dude. Yeah. Mike's like, Reggie, what's a glory hole? And Reggie's like, I'm telling you, dude, it's tough out here. I had to rely on these fucking things. Now I got Kimmy. Go stand on the other side. (laughs) I'll show you. God, I hope there's a lurker on the other side. But they are easily, quickly able to discern that this is probably a lock for this door, and it requires one of those magic balls. Now, while this is going on, we are seeing that Liz is being processed for cremation by one of those reanimated mortician guys. Uh, anything particular stand out in this scene to you guys? She's faking being knocked out. Okay, well, I was going to, uh, I don't know. I thought it was kind of fucking funny that the the guy's cleaning out one of the oh, furnaces. Sam Raimi. Yeah, well, like they got to like smash the bone that didn't burn. Mm-hmm. And then they pour it into a funnel, which goes into a bag. And one of those bags is labeled Sam Raimi. Uh, what I can tell you, Sam Raimi was there on set. Big fan of Phantasm. Pushed the Don to give me a part in the movie. Give me a part in the movie. They couldn't figure out what would work for him, and then they figured out, oh, yeah, we got a part for you. You'll be the the name on the um, remains bag, which I thought was cool. So, yes, Liz is sort of pretending to be knocked out. So when this guy gets her on the little conveyor belt, which is going to feed her into the oven, uh, right before she's fucking burned alive, she rolls off the thing, starts fighting with the guy, Knocks him in the balls, throws him on the conveyor, and he slides into the furnace. This guy's toast. Yeah, he didn't realize you could roll left or right. <laughs> it's the Prometheus effect. You can't help. You just can't help it. Liz gets away. She's running through the halls of her high school, or the halls of the mausoleum. What? Sorry. <laughs> You're so stuck in a. Uh... Outsiders over here. Oh, is that John Mayer reference? Running through the house. Yeah. Is that body like a one? No. No. That one's like uh Your body's like a wonderland. I want to scream and shout. You guys aren't doing the face. Swim in a blanket. Or in a ocean of blanket. I want to run through the halls of my high school. I can't remember the other part. It's, I want to run through the halls of my high school. 
I wanna I suck. wanna scream at the, the top, top of my lungs. I just found out there's no such thing as a thing as Jesus. 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 He'll put out a Christian album soon enough, right? Who, Jesus? John Mayer? <laughs> nah, I don't think so. No, he's gone through so many different phases. It's like the one thing that's left. Nah. He just played with the dead, bro. I don't think... Nah. So did I Jesus. You could... You could very He's much even like, further away now. You start eating acid and shit. You'll. It's like a. It's like the it it goes so far left and right that it wraps around and it's in the middle. <laughs> Did you say acid or ass? Both. I said acid. <laughs> okay. One usually so leads to the other. He's out there eating acid on the road. Soon enough, he'll get back to God. I've heard people say that eating ass is like licking a battery. So does that mean it's? <laughs> Depends on the woman, I guess. Or the man. Gotta be a whichever woman. you prefer. Especially if you hook her up to a car battery. Because <laughs> you've had her in your house for three weeks because she's dead. Reggie's probably like, I will gladly eat your ass if it means you don't grind my <laughs> cock into the, like a pulp, like that mortician grinding <laughs> bone. Jesus Christ. Toss my fucking head around. <laughs> All right. Um, well, she's running through the halls. The ball starts running after her, but luckily Mike is there. He knocks her out of the way. The ball goes flying by. But uh, the other mortician, I don't know if this is the one that was reanimated or not. Sorry if I if I missed that. But there is another one. He comes up behind Liz, but... When he's doing so, he is now in the path of the ball. And this ball comes back and smashes him, smashes his hand into this door at the end of the hallway. Another ball comes through, and it's approaching. It keys in like, oh, here's an easy kill. And this mortician who has a hatchet for some reason is smart enough to be like, fuck it. I got to take my hand off. Now, Krant, I know you're thinking it. Taking the thumb wouldn't be enough in this situation. You gotta take the whole hand. I totally agree. Same in handcuff. Most, in most handcuffs. situations, you gotta take the whole. It hand, ain't handcuffs. Dude. So he takes his hand off and is able to dive out of the way. This ball goes through that door. Mike and Liz they take off now another section of the hallway, and they are now chased by the gold ball. They get locked in this corner, or they get cornered in this closet. And this ball has like fucking laser vision. Hell yeah. This dude. cool scan thing that comes out. And its vision is based on movement like a T-Rex. And Mike's like, fucking stay still. There happens to be a rat in this closet with him. And it gets the ball's attention. Lights that rat up. Then they use this to take off down a hallway. And this is an awesome shot of them running through this hallway and closing these doors. Yeah. And it's POV of this ball just smashing through them. See, this this is the kind of stuff that's like very Raimi-ish to me. Mm -hmm. I guess it was it was balsa wood doors, and they had like a battering ram that was like a foot out in front of the camera. 
Mm-hmm. So they actually did run through all these doors and, and smash them. I think it's pretty fucking cool. Well, at the end of this hallway, they eventually get to a metal door. They get behind that door. They lock it. They think they're okay, but the ball starts to slowly burn through this metal door. While that's going on, they're now actually in the showroom area where there's like all the empty caskets kind of laid out. The one-armed mortician comes in, starts fighting him again. But again, this guy gets in the fucking way of the ball that comes through the metal door. And now instead of having like the two spikes, it's got a little buzzsaw around the diameter of this ball and it digs into his back. It launches him across the room, which looks awesome. Then he's in the corner and he's doing a fucking nightmare on Elm Street flying around. I guess they shot it in reverse. And that's what creates that cool effect. So this thing's grinded into his back. It ends up working its way all the way up to his, like through his throat and out of his mouth. Looks fucking cool. I wish we'd seen more of like, I wish you'd gotten more of it like fucking crawling up his back and shit. This was the gold one, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Rambo ball. I think that's what they called it during uh, production. Hey. <laughs> Spit on me. Call me a baby killer. I'm just a ball. All right. Now, while this is going on, Reggie is down in the fucking basement. And he's in a fucking Mandy-style chainsaw fight with a graver. Now, he's got his little hardware store chainsaw. This graver grabs a fucking six foot. And guys, this is the reason that the Gladius is the superior sword. Okay? What you lack in length, you have mobility and you have striking ability. Because this long chainsaw takes super long strokes, right? You can't necessarily jab with it. You can't be really close. Reggie's able to fight it off a little bit, finally loses his chainsaw. He's climbing up on bookshelves and shit to get away from this guy, but his swings are so broad, he's able to get away. He's trying does, to get up the stairs. Go ahead. Does this remind you guys of when you guys hang out with me? Yeah, we're up on the bookshelf because you're jerking off in the front room. Big yeah. ass chainsaw comes out. Reggie did all his own stunts, but the jumping over the chainsaw, they wouldn't let him do that. For insurance purposes. Okay, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> this makes me think that there was a real chainsaw that was actually running and somebody jumped over it. Maybe. My next question is, do they have prop chainsaw blades that are well, dull? They, they've they've got to have right? like a dull, yeah. That's just like a bike chain? Yeah, something like that, I would guess. I think that's what they use at the... Uh, Haunted houses and shit for uh, the public. The year that I, uh, no, we're going to different haunted houses, dude. <laughs> Mine play for keeps. My house ain't haunted. It's got corpses and shit, but it ain't haunted. Right? Ghouls ain't real, bro. The year that I did, uh, uh, with Danny Duck, actually, we did a haunted house at the fire station. We just take the we just took the blade off. Yeah. So you can still run the chainsaw and get the effect. 
So, but that's such a stupid question. Of course they have that. Of course. Idiot. Maybe not in 88. Maybe it was a real change. They hadn't figured that technology out. Good luck, bro. <laughs> it's just sharp as fuck. Who's jumping over it, dude? Get a, a fucking key grip, a fucking jock strap. Go for it. Put those right, so Reg- balls in there. <laughs> yeah, Reggie's trying to get up the stairs to get out of this basement. The graver grabs him, pulls him down. He's about to strike, but he pulled Reggie right next to his little chainsaw, which he grabs and takes right up the groin. I don't know. I think we've established there's a term for this, right? Uh, deep rising? The chain is peen saw, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, Deep cut. It's for all you original fans of the (laughs) podcast. So he's cut this. Magically came out of Karan's mouth one night. Mm -hmm. I wrote it in my notes like that. I knew it would get a big pop. And it did, buddy. All right. So this graver's done for, but as Reggie's trying to get up the stairs, four little lurkers come up behind him, and finally we get to see the double-double go off as he blasts them. Looks awesome. They are standing in, like, parallel, though, and the... It doesn't matter. It's the a gun would shoot out. The I do feel like the, the two that are in the back are... They're not quite in a... Uh, a flying V formation, but they are offset just enough for it to work. It had to, it has to be perfect, but you know, you, you save it up, right? It's like Tetris. You save up, save up your rows for your long piece. Mm. And when it happens, it happens. It doesn't matter. I mean, it looks cool either way. It, it seems like you're bothered by it. I'm not bothered by it. It just doesn't it seems seem like practical. you're doubting a double double. I just think based on the way they're lined up, it wouldn't, unless the two shot through two guys, I don't know, these little guys, they might have fucking bodies that are like jello and shit, I don't know. I feel like there would be more background damage once this went off. Like a lot more shit in the background would be getting some some buckshot. Yeah, but it's not framed that way. Yeah. We don't see that damage. This was like you know Jackie Chan Hong Kong movie where they 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 sh- they show you the awesome stunt twice. You know maybe some printer yeah. paper back there that blows up into confetti, maybe some Kroger coupons. It adds like a nice John Woo flair. I feel like the the double double going off is bigger than the explosion in Oppenheimer though. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Music's better in this one, too. I hear uh, I hear that Napoleon's pretty fucking fun. I'll be there next week. Um, I think I might, uh, might try to sneak that in over the holiday break. Did you guys happen to see that Napoleon quote that's been going around? No, what is he, it? Like, he sent a letter to his wife at one point, and it just said... Uh, be home in three days. Don't wash. 
Nice. He had a thing. Karanis. There's a, another reason Dude. I don't like Napoleon. Dude was down to... It's another reason I love Napoleon. Dude was down to get dirty. You know what? We get pretty crass and we joke a lot and we, we have these characters that we've created. I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to drop the facade. It's fucking gross. It's fucking gross. It's only gross. three days, bro. Come nope. on. Yeah. Nope. Three days, God. dude. I mean, back in that time, you were probably only bathing like every two month. weeks. Yeah. Uh. That's where they got the title, Three Days of the Condor. Because it, you know, ladies don't wash down there. It looks like bird shit. It's all nasty. Did you watch the Crow version or the Redford version? The Crow version is the next three days or something, right? Yeah. The one where he's like uh, trying to get his wife back. Is it not a remake of, didn't they do a remake of three days? It might be, but I don't, I didn't think it was. I thought it was just called the next three days and he was some. I always thought it was a remake. No. And they accidentally put a. Real bullet in the gun. No, he's just trying to make it different crow to have sex with his wife. <laughs> Unhinged crow, not Brandon Lee crow. Oh right. Reggie meets up with Mike and Liz, who are pulling that ball out of the door. It can't bleed all the time. That had impaled that mortician's hand, and now they've got their key to that metal door. They open this bad boy up again. Big, beautiful white room. We see beautiful. the two. Uh, it's a beautiful room. Big. It's people. the biggest room. I come in here and I say, this is a big white. It's a white room. It's big. It's transdimensional. Transdimensional. I said I wanted to build a wall. This portal. They're moving the bodies. They're moving the bodies. This might be our answer to immigration. We just poured them back to where they came from. We shrink these guys down. <laughs> Make them two feet tall. And we send them through a portal. It's called the Phantasm Act. It's going to be you huge. Can, you can put your hand through the portal. You can feel it. and You don't have to go all the way through. If you want to try it, I tried it myself. I did it. I came back. People said, I can't believe you did that. I don't know. I guess I'm just built different. My little hand, my big hand, it's a big hand. Big hand. They've got little hands. There's no problem with my big hands. A lot of these guys are bad guys, and they deserve to be shrunk down. You put one Diet Coke in, you come back with two Diet Cokes. We can't let them... Stand on top of each other. <laughs> it's fun. Even when they're bad, they're fun. It's it's a bummer how fun he is, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> He's a doofus. It's objectively funny. Yeah. All right, we are familiar with this style of room. Like we said, big white. We've got our tuning portal. 
We've got some barrels. This time we actually get to see some mutated faces as Reggie looks through the little fucking visor on the side of this barrel. And Mike, he the pro he is, he takes Liz over and he's like, hey, check this shit out. Fucking pops his hand in and out. But you know what? Fucking tall man comes in, throws Mike right through this goddamn portal. Reggie's able to jump, grab a hold of Mike. Use it, Dude's got fucking incredible fucking front shin strength because yeah. he's holding on to one of these like tuning poles with the fucking flat part of his feet. He's trying to pull Mike back in. Now there was a barrel that I'm guessing just went through the portal that was of a poor quality because a fucking goopy mutant crawls out of it. This looks so fucking cool and it's slowly crawling after Mike Mike is able to crawl up Reggie's body and get back through the portal. Now he's got to pull Reggie back through. The tall man, again, half-assed, says, eh, the portal will fucking take him. Grabs Liz, takes her to that morgue, throws her on the fucking table, and he's about to embalm her. I do hope at some point we get to see more of the portal world. I want to know what's going on in there. That's why we're here, Kron. I was the first one to go through the portal world. <laughs> I met with the portal people. How did sure, it go? I may have. Sal- he- I saluted the lurker. I don't care. They didn't even make me small. They said you're too good to be small. Same color too. <laughs> shit <clears throat> alright so Mike having got Reggie back through the portal he shows up and he uses that ball for its intended purpose he pulls it out of the lock aims that bad boy at the tall man what are we going with drill and spill brain and drain brain and drain brain, brain and drain alright tall man he's leaking a little bit of yellow fluid but he pulls that bad boy out. He's a tall man, dude. He's tough as shit. But while he does that, the fucking hole in his head, this like little quado fucking tentacle worm thing pops out. He's struggling with Mike. Mike just grabs this thing. The balls on this guy rips this little worm thing out of his forehead. Liz, she jumps up on the back of the tall man. She grabs that embalming probe right in the back. Reggie, little stinker he is, he knows about the fluid. He dives forward, hits the pump. Tall man starts getting fucking filled up with hydrochloric acid like a goddamn Joker balloon at the end of Batman. Looks fucking great. His arms are melting off. His face is all fucked up. They did it. They killed the tall man. Fuck yeah. Reggie grabs a flamethrower. They start lighting this place up as they take off. And what do you know it? Fucking Kemi showed up, man. She had stole one of those hearse on the way there. She pulls out front. They hop in. This place starts burning. They're hooting and hollering. They're driving out of here. They're stoked. Reggie's got a quick moment of clarity. He's like, hey, man, check that fucking coffin. Make sure it's fucking empty. 
Sure enough, it's empty, dude. Kemi's like, it's time. It's couples time. She fucking puts that privacy glass back up. Mike and Liz got a little moment. Reggie and Kemi up front. What the fuck? Kemi pulls off a part of her scalp, dude. Yeah, she's like, let me rub your dick through your jeans real aggressively. (laughs) She pulls off a part of her scalp. Reggie starts screaming, what the fuck is this? Car stops. Mike and Liz are freaking out. Reggie smashes his bloody hand on the outside of the window. There's nothing they can do. He falls over and dies. My dick's been rubbed raw. (laughs) Help me. I've been cowgirled to death. She, She bucked too hard. She cowgirled up. Me. She cowgirled up. I didn't see the decal on the hearse, man. She's a cowgirl up. <laughs> oh. Reggie's dead, dude. Car takes off. Mike's like, nope, nope, nope. He's he's looking at Liz. He's like, this is just a dream. This isn't real. And Liz is like, yeah, you're right. This isn't real. Okay. It's only a dream. It's only a dream. And the tall man pops out. No, it's not. Hands through the glass. Mike and Liz pulled out the end. Phantasm 2. I would have stopped at one. I would have only made one. And it was a perfect. It would have been a perfect Phantasm. And they said, you did it so good. You did it so good. And I said, okay, I'll do another. Was it just as good? Some people saying it is. Some people not. Guys, I, Phantasm I, Two. I can't. I can't interview you. <laughs> Sorry. I ask the questions. You can't ask me any questions. Excuse me. Excuse me. Even bad trumps are fun trumps, man. I think there are good guys on both sides. <laughs> Reggie's good. There's the lurkers good, are there's, good. There's good lurkers on both sides. <laughs> lurkers stand up and stand down. Stand by. Stand on Gentlemen. top of each other. Put on a bigger coat. Go get a soda pop. You, you lurkers, we're going to march down to Capitol Hill. Upon further research, Phantasm 2 from 1988 was released on July 8th of 1988. At the cinema that week, you could catch Arthur 2 on the rocks, Short Circuit 2, Phantasm 2, and License to Drive. All they make is sequels these days, huh? (laughs) A budget of $3 million. I like Short Circuit 2 more than the original Short Circuit. Is that a is that a take, I guess? Uh I don't I I don't think it's like a like a Ghostbusters level. Like I feel like most people if you said I like Ghostbusters two, they'd be like, What the fuck? But short circuit two, you get like more of him being goofy, you know? It's home alone two, it's him in a different city. So no Gutenberg. It's been so long since I've seen those. He gets all beat up. 
right? They junk him, and then he's got to repair himself, and he, he does it all badass, and he gives himself like a mohawk. That's right. Yeah. I know we had one on VHS. I can't remember which one it was. Anyway, budget, $3 million. This is the biz- biggest budget for all of the Phantasms. So it just goes down from here, guys. Well, they had that RKO money coming in. <laughs> uh, box office was over $7.2 million. So it was another hit. Uh, like I said, 10 times the budget of Phantasm 1 from 1979. We covered Brad Pitt. He did audition. But... Uh, Uh, The Don has revealed some elements of the movie were influenced by Stephen King. uh, Most of it coming from the novel of Salem's Lot. Uh, This this is where he got the idea of a road movie for part two. Uh, Yeah, Reggie did quit acting after Phantasm 1 and was working as an assistant in a funeral home. Uh, we covered the Rambo ball. Uh, on one of the headstones in the movie bears the name Alex Murphy. That's a reference to RoboCop from 1987. They were Robo wants an Oreo. Robo wants an Oreo. <laughs> uh, metal band White Zombie included a sample of the tall man's line: "You think that when you die, you go to heaven? You come to us." And the song Disaster Blaster 2 off the EP God of Thunder from 1989, very early on. Uh, If you do watch the final credits, the copyright notice on this at the very end says this motion picture is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries, unauthorized duplications, distributions, or exhibits may result in civil liabilities, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. Whoa. That's uh, all I got. My I wife fucking tempted fate. My wife saw this and was like, what the fuck does that mean? I was like, it's just a, a joke, babe. She's like, who the fuck is a tall man? You'll find out. And then I had to explain it. Let's go over to the whiteboard. Yep. And then I had to, well, I didn't have an eraser, so I had to use my hand to draw, like, to wipe off the Inception timeline that's been up there for a year and a half. Still working on it. (laughs) I can't figure it out. But yeah, that's all I got, gentlemen, for research. I think we did a good job of covering everything. This was a fun app. It's a fun movie. I don't know about you guys. I'm ready to rate this bad boy. Gentlemen, at the time of our review, Phantasm 2 from 1988, directed by the Don, has a letterbox user rating of 3.2. Cronhauer. Someone else go. I forgot to set up the spreadsheet. (laughs) Gentlemen, Phantasm 2 is just as fun as Phantasm 1. Uh, I had a good time. I like that it's a road movie. 
Uh, you have a double barrel, double shotgun in here. Double, double. That's badass. The CUDA. You get much more CUDA. Um, definitely from 1988, they're going with the action-y, like, Nightmare on Elm Street kind of feel to it. But I think it works. Um, didn't mind the actor change there. Doesn't answer a ton of questions, but I'm still interested and excited to go on to Phantasm 3. I believe I rated Phantasm 1 a 3.5. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, I'd go with a 3.5 here. Cron well. is entering the floppy disk still, listener. Sorry. Yeah. He, he's now winding up his CPU. Mm-hmm. Dan, you did give Phantasm 1 a 3.5. Okay. Yeah, I'm the same here. I'm a 3.5 for Phantasm 2. It's a good time. Fine. All right, guys. Phantasm 2, the ball is back. Um, I think in a lot of ways, Phantasm 1 is the more interesting movie, but Phantasm 2 is kind of the more you know, just overly entertaining movie. Uh, They kind of took the formula that worked in one and just made everything a little bigger, a little shinier, a little more polished. Uh, You get some great practical effects. I do, I mean, we watched Phantasm 1, but the thing that I love about this movie is it does feel like an 80s franchise that you're stepping in at like part two, like you don't need a ton of backstory to have an enjoyable time watching this. I feel like Phantasm 1 is so ambiguous and they don't really give you any more explanation in Phantasm 2, but it doesn't really matter. Um, it's a weird series. Like I don't know what's happening and I'm having a fun time watching these movies. Um, so I don't know. I I think at the end of the day, I probably enjoyed one more just for the creativity, the kind of uh, ideas that it puts forth. But there's a hell of a lot to enjoy in Phantasm 2. I gave one a 4.0. I'm going to be just slightly lower. I'm with Dan. I'm giving this a 3.5. I can't be the first person to make this comparison. I feel that Phantasm 2 is to Phantasm 1 as Aliens is to Alien. The first one is the slower, sort of brainier. And the second is the let's take that, let's amp it, let's give some more lurkers, let's give some more bodies, and let's try to blow some stuff up. Let's build on the lore just a little bit. Dan, to your point, it doesn't really answer or ask too much more. I would have liked maybe a, another step of intrigue. What this one decides to do is say, all right, that this is a, a, a traveling situation, right? They go town to town and and they're reaping the benefits of this. And we get a little bit more of the portal, but uh, not too much. I feel like you could have proposed a few more mysteries. But instead, what we get is some great body horror, some fun action, you get some TNA in there. It's it's still the 
still the eighties, baby. Um, Reggie's a lot of fun. I'm going to knock him for the Celeste made of Turkey, but the guy just seems like a solid dude that you'd want on your side. I'm going to give the edge a little to the original. And that puts me phantasm two at a four. Had a lot of fun with this man. All right, guys. Uh, Phantasm 2 would have an average rating from the three of us of 3.67. This would end up at number 30, 30 on the big list. This would currently be right below The Outsiders and right above Live Wire. It's good company. Oh, just real quick. Uh, so we've made it through Phantasm 2. When we get to the end of this, we realize alchemy is the tall man. So if you think about parts 1 and 2 together, uh, that guy Tommy had sex with the tall man. Jody at least went down on the tall man. <laughs> Reggie got dry humped. Uh, is the tall man just Fucking every member of this band? <laughs> Tall man horny, bro. Yeah, man. He's the ultimate groupie. It's wild. Filling out his punch card. Mm-hmm. You gotta have something to tell the fucking lurkers back on your planet. I think at this point he's just gotta fuck Mike, right? <laughs> He'll, he would've he got them all. He's gotta wait till he gets a little older. Well, I guess he's What's 19 he? in this, so. Yeah. 19. Dan, let's end this fucking thing. We'll be back in a month with Phantasm 3, but for now, do your thing. Uh, the Dirty Dudes, we give you at least nine hours of content every month, and we don't charge you shit for it. So the least you could do is if you're on Apple and Spotify, please rate and review and click that subscribe button. Uh, You can follow the show on Instagram. You can follow it on threads. You can also follow it on Letterboxd as well. But if you really want to fuck with us, there is an invite to our Discord on every episode that drops every Wednesday at 4.30 a.m. to the Discord. So get on there. That's where you can find... All the fun, fun stuff that, uh, I don't know, arguing about chili and other stupid shit that's going on on the Discord. You can't keep up with it. It's something different it's, every day. It's not bad. But if you really want to fuck with us, take that Discord invite and get on there. And brain and drain. Brain and drain. Brain and drain.
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a very weird after shower show on a box set. I don't think this has ever happened. I'm still pulling glass out of my undies. Did you take a shower? Yeah, but I was afraid to scrub. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to fucking chemi myself. Listen, I don't. I don't care who does what, but I'm expecting to get brained and drained. I got a drill, so. Nah, you know what I mean. I got a curling iron I'm not using right now. I'm not going to tell you where it's been. I thought it was in a corpse's ass. (laughs) He was paying attention. (laughs) But folks, I'm here. Laundry Dan is going to... uh, Release the next category in the next movie that we're going to cover here on Five Day Rentals. I believe you will get a five-star banger of Thief before that. But I'm going to give my co-host some time. Don't mention it. Okay. Just cut it out. (laughs) What? We're doing Thief. No, no, no. Don't mention the other thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't mention that. Don't mention Oh, don't, don't mention... Don't jinx it. But yeah, this will give uh, my co-host some time to do their research and come up with a great movie for my category. So gentlemen, the next category is called That's Not Healthy. So what it consists of is... A character in the movie that is doing something to their body that is clearly not healthy for their body. Um, I'm not going to be too strict here. I think you can get into a lot of different genres here of maybe body horror. You could get into disorders. Uh, You can get into alcohol and drugs. I think you could uh, also do sports. MMA, I'm sure, is not very healthy for your body. Uh, you could either take it maybe to the survival genre as well in a situation where they're maybe stranded on an island or something, you know, something along that. Have an open mind. All I ask is you just don't maybe have a character who goes to a buddy's house who's on meth and be like, oh, meth's not good for your body. Give me something more than that. Dan, wouldn't you agree that uh, walking around on your knees all day isn't very good for the body? We've already covered Spawn, Kron. Well, Dorf. It's not a movie, that's a show. It's a movie. In your eyes, but not ours. (laughs) But yeah, I would agree. Walking around on your knees is not healthy for your body. You know? I would agree with that. Wrestling would be a good example. That's not good for your body, I'm sure. But anything, like I said, that's unhealthy for the body. Remember in The Wrestler when he's working at that grocery store and he works the deli counter for that day? (laughs) That's a great fucking scene. I'm going to cut my thumb, bitch. So yes, the, the wrestler I think would never be picked for the show, but that is a great example of a movie. Why not? For... I, that's, I don't, that's a good movie. 
I don't think it's that's not a five star. I wouldn't say a five star, but I'd say it's a pretty decent movie that I would be like, eh. Kron has a category for that one, I'm sure. It's like, I, don't fuck. Movie, I don't have a category for The Wrestler. I feel like it's too like too much drama, maybe. We could do The Wrestler and Black Swan. <laughs> I would agree Black Swan is not healthy for your body. But, like I said, I'm not going to be too strict. I think you guys have a very wide open field there. Um... Any questions? Not outside of the dwarf stuff. <laughs> All right, bones. Uh, no, I mean you know you know the way that these categories work. There's late night text messages of. Would this count? Would this count? What about so, this? What yeah, about that? We'll figure it yeah. out. But like I said, I think it's pretty wide open. Um course with a new category we do need a movie uh and that movie is from 2019 directed by carlo marabella davis and it is a movie called swallow uh this was curated by the guest that will be on on that episode it is streaming on hulu but I will provide a copy of it for you, gentlemen. It is about a pregnant lady named Hunter who starts to swallow odd objects around her house. And we'll just say that. And yes, we will have a guest that week as well. So, her can't name, wait! Can't wait for these cold opens. Her name is Jill Givargazian, and uh, she's a director herself. She does have uh, a few feature or feature length films out there. So, but we'll cover that when we get closer. But yeah, guys, Swallow from 2019. Anybody seen it? No, I've heard of it though. I don't think I've even heard of it. So um, I'm, I'm checking it, and a lot of people I follow on Letterboxd have rated it and left reviews. So um, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Good ones or bad ones? I don't want to. I don't want to give it away. <laughs> give it away now. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away. But yeah. Category that's not healthy. Movie Swallow from 2019, streaming on Hulu if you want to follow along. And we'll have a special guest. Yeah. Cron Howard, tell us what's coming up. Uh, Before we hear the episode on Swallow for That's Not Healthy, we will be covering Thief by Michael Mann as a five-star banger. Brought to yeah. you from me, the biggest Michael Mann fan here. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I'm making a John Mayer face at you. If you know anything about this pod, it's that Kron loves Michael Mann movies the most. It's true. We gotta stop him from talking about it. 
Bones has cut so much cron on man. This this guy <laughs> won't shut up about transnational fucking weapon systems. No, I mean, a director I do think is pretty up and down throughout his career, but uh, Thief is he's top of the top of the heap, in my opinion. It's a five-star banger. And you'll hear about it next week. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Brain and drain. Crash and burn. Drill and spill. <laughs>